For some weeks now, we've been on a topic we're calling eternal life, eternal life. And our text passage has been here in John 3, beginning with verse 14. So look here, please, John 3 and 14. It said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Notice that word, those words, eternal life. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have Everlasting life. Why don't you say that out loud? Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Later in the same chapter, verse 36, verse 36, he says it again. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. Eternal life is the present tense possession of the born-again believer. It's not something we're going to get after we physically die. No, eternal life is something you get when you receive Jesus as your redemption and sacrifice, as the Lord of your life, and when your inner man is recreated, born again, born from above, You are a new creation, the scripture says, and this new creation is one born of eternal life that cannot die, that will never die in any sense of the word die. This is one of the most amazing things there is about Christianity. This is one of the most amazing things there is, period. Perhaps one of the, the, the great fear of all mankind is death. And the scripture said that through fear of death, Hebrews talks about people all their lifetime are subject to bondage. All of the phobias that are mentioned, you know, fear of heights, fear of close places, fear of being alone, fear of being in a crowd. I mean, fear of spiders and snakes. It goes on and on and on is really a fear of death. People are not just afraid of flying. They're afraid of crashing and dying. (laughs) People are not just afraid of the water. They're afraid of drowning and dying. You take away the fear of death and you take away the tormenting bondage. You're really not ready and able to truly live until you're no longer afraid to die. You're no longer afraid of death. Most of the population of the world is afraid of death. They are in bondage in area after area. The only ones that are free, truly free from the fear of death are those who know they have eternal life. (laughs) Is that you? If you have eternal life, you will never die. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. 
He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. He that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now, we've covered this in some detail in previous messages, but it's worth repetition. It's politically incorrect to not embrace all religions. And you've got so many people that, you know, they imply that everybody that dies and leaves this life is going to heaven, going to be with God. And it simply is not true. The Bible says something else. The scriptures reveal that only in Jesus, only in the Son of God, is there salvation and eternal life. Jesus said, no one can come to the Father except by me. So this thing about everybody going to heaven when they die, everybody having eternal life, it simply is not true. This thing about all religions just having their own way, leading to the same place, going to the same God, it's not true. It's a lie. It's a deception. Jesus said that broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many are going off into destruction. He said straight and narrow is the way that leads to life and salvation, and relatively few that are in that path. So don't you believe that just anything, you know, one religion is as good as the other, or even if you don't believe anything, that everybody's going to heaven when they die, it simply is not true. If you believe the Bible, you can't believe that. It contradicts that in no uncertain terms. Now, uh, look with me in verse, uh, let me see, there's so many, so many good things to talk about here. Go to Matthew 24, please. The awareness of eternal life, everlasting life, liberates us from the fear of death. Yeah, I'm moving a little bit too fast. Put on the screen John 11:25. On your way to Matthew, uh, we've covered this, but I want to cover it again. I want us to get this in our mouth. John 11:25. Jesus had said this at Lazarus' tomb. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The life. That's this eternal life. He that believes in me. Do you believe on him? He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Verse 26. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Believest thou this? In verse 27, she said, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, that should come into the world. This is not a coincidence that these two are connected, because this is the only way you're going to have eternal life, is that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Back to verse 26 again. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, we know if the Lord tarries his coming, even a little while, we're not going to live down on this earth in this physical body forever. And so we'll live out our days. But even when the body physically dies, we won't, believers won't experience death at all. 
The Bible said he tasted death for us. And that believers won't taste death. They won't see death. What that means is you'll slip out of your body. Your body will fall on the floor or on the ground. And somebody will say they're dead. (laughs) Maybe a medical professional will pronounce you dead. But it's really not true. (laughs) Death is not cessation, ceasing to exist. Death is separation from life. The life that's in your body is in your spirit. And when your spirit is separated from your body, your body's dead. And God is life himself. And so eternal life and eternal death has to do, eternal death, from being separated from God, who is eternal life. So, as a believer, when we die, all that means is we, you know, we that are born again and have everlasting life, we will never see death. We will never taste death. And the scripture says the second death has no power over us. Even when we slip out of our bodies, it may be a few minutes before you realize you're dead. Because you're not dead. And you will never die. Your body can be called dead because you're not in it anymore. But you're not even going to lose that. When the Lord comes back, the body's going to be raised, immortal, incorruptible. It's going to be fixed. Everything you didn't like about it will be fixed. And then some, and you get it back. And then you'll have a body that can keep up with your spirit that has eternal life in him. Won't that be wonderful? Imagine never getting tired again, never hurting again. There'll be no more crying, no more dying, no more sorrow, no more pain, just everlasting life. Woo! Glory to God. So I want you to to put this in your mouth today. Say it out loud. I believe in him. I'm alive. I have everlasting life. I will never die. I want you to say this a couple of three times. I will never die. I will never die. I will never die. I believe on him. I have everlasting life. I will never die. I will never die. Get this in your mouth. Today, tonight, tomorrow, I will never die. Why? It's not just that God has done it. We need to believe it. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing what he said. And even when you're the one saying what he said, you're hearing it. Even when it's coming out of your own mouth. So say it another time. I will never die. I will never die. As you really begin to believe this, as the truth of it dawns on you, you will sense tension leaving you. Tension, dread, are levels of fear. You will sense, as this becomes stronger in you, and you begin to believe it 
more fully. You remember the Bible said concerning Abraham, he was fully persuaded. Well, if you can be fully persuaded, you could be partially persuaded or not persuaded at all. Well, that's why I'm saying we need to get this in our mouth. We need to hear it. We need to say it. Why? Because our faith increases and develops our awareness of it. And when you realize, I will never die. The Lord tarries is coming. I finish my days on earth. I leave my body. Even then, I won't die in any sense of the word. I won't taste death. I won't see death. I won't experience death. My body will be dead because I won't be in it any longer. But somebody may have to tell me that my body is dead. I may, it may take me a minute to realize it. I will not go through any torment or any dark thing in death. The Bible said, you know, that uh, the Lord would lead us through our life, and, and the psalmist said, and afterward receive us to glory. And he'd take us by the right hand. The enemy tries to paint such a dark, horrifying picture of death. Well, now for the unbeliever, there's some truth in that. But for the believer, it's all light and glory. And when you slip out, he'll be right there. Hallelujah. He'll take you by the hand. His angel will be there with you. Oh, come on, are you listening? And the next thing you do, what do you do? You, you depart and go to be with the Lord, Whoo! which is far better than being here. And our future is to ever be with him who is life, everlasting life. So say it another time, I will never die. Never, ever, I will never, never die. And like I said, as you believe it stronger, tension just starts to leave you. Because dread begins to leave you. And it helps you relax. Why? Because I'm going to be around forever. Why do I need to feel so pushed and pressed? I'll be around forever. I know uh, when my dad went home to be with the Lord, afterwards, I wasn't pleased with some things. I, I thought he went, he went a bit early. And I thought, Lord, there were some things I wanted to do with my dad. And, uh, and I was thinking about that, and it bothered me. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but like he'll speak to any Christian, if you'll learn how to listen. He said, Keith, who said you won't get to do th those things with your dad? He said, your dad's not just in your past. He's in your future. Well, he's a believer. He has everlasting life. I'm a believer. I have everlasting life. You know, these things can and should be much more real to us. You understand? They need to be much more real to us than what they have been. And he said, uh, there are some things that you wanted to do that you won't care about later. <laughs> they'll, they'll be replaced with some better things. But then there are some things that you wanted to do, you will yet get to do. You'll still get to do. Why? Because he's alive. He just relocated. I'm alive. I'm going to relocate here at some point. So this vexation and this torment about, oh, I, I didn't get to tell him this, and, 
and I didn't get to tell them how much I loved them, and I, wanted, I so wanted to do that, and I won't get to do it. I guess I'll never get to do it. Well, that's talking like an unbeliever. That's sorrowing like people who have no hope. Do you believe the word or not? If you do, that fear, that vexation, that torment, that dread, that tension leaves you, and you become free. Hallelujah. And you begin to relax. Why? Because I'm going to be around. (laughs) And everybody that I know that's a believer, they're going to be around. And everybody that's already departed, they're not just in my past. They're in my future. Ah, it helps you relax. It helps you have peace. Why? Because I will never die. I will never die. Come on, help me out. Say it out loud. I will never die. Helps you to, you know, stop being tormented with fear. 1 John 4.18, please go there. He said, there is no fear in love. Now, it helps to take this fourth chapter, third and fourth chapter And read them together because he kept talking about in this passage how God is love. God is love. There's no fear in love. And throughout this passage, you can actually substitute the word love for God and God for love. Wouldn't you agree? There's no fear in God. And if you got fear, you didn't get it from him. Fear for us is spiritual contraband. We have been commanded not to have it and not to handle it and not to receive it and not to keep it. And yet, most Christians carry a ton of it. And all of us have yielded to it at different times. This is not about pointing fingers or judging. We have. But let's develop in our faith And let's let love develop and push this out. He said, perfect love casts out fear. That cast is a strong word. It thrusts it out. Well, God is love. As you get full of the love of God and the awareness of how much God loves you and what he's done for you, including give you eternal life, including prepare a a perfect, amazing, glorious future for you, it thrusts fear out. Because what would I be afraid of? Well, I'm I'm afraid of what? That you, you might miss heaven? You're afraid that you might die? You know, the language there is revealing. You'll hear people that had a brush with an accident or crime or disease and uh, if a a close call you might say and they'll come back and say I almost died oh man that was a close call I almost died and the implication is like you're not going to (laughs) I you know like now I'm safe I almost died but now I'm not going to oh yeah the Lord tarries his coming just this much longer, you're going to die. Physically, your body's going to die. 
But what have we already discovered? In reality, I, the man on the inside, will never die. Come on, say it again. I will never die. See, in the truest sense of the word, what I experience, reality in spirit is I don't die. My body will. So when folks go, you know, what if, what if I die? Well, if the Lord tears is coming, you're going to leave your body. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's just when. And, and so instead of avoiding the subject, see, that shows you're scared of it if you don't want to talk about it. And that's why people, you know, so many people, they, they don't want to go to hospitals. They don't want to go to uh, funerals. They, they don't want to talk about it. Why? They're scared of it. They're scared of it. They don't want to be around it. Because the fear of death has them in different degrees of bondage. But when you've been born again, and you've been made a new creation in Christ, and eternal life is in you, help me out. I will never die. Even when I leave my body, and my body dies, I won't die. I will never die. I will never die. And this awareness of God, who is love, who is God, casts out this full awareness of love of God, thrusts out fear because fear has torment. And he that fears is not made perfect in love. Fear is not okay. Have you read the scriptures, child of God? Does it say anywhere in there, fear not? More than one or two times, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. It's one of the best studies you could ever do. It's just to go through and look at the different places all through the Bible where we are commanded and exhorted not to fear, not to be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. If you've read the scripture even casually, you know it's there. And it's there repeatedly. And here's the thing. Fear not is not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Because it is so serious to yield to fear. And it is so tormenting. God would spare us from this. And so he has commanded us, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Now the enemy will come immediately and say, well, sometimes you can't help it. When things are bad enough, sometimes you can't help it. That's a lie. That's just a lie. If the Lord said, fear not, what do you know? He wouldn't tell you to do something that he knew you might not be able to do. Fear not. Come on, say it out loud, fear not. Look in Matthew, Matthew 24. Matthew 24 talks about end times. And uh, among the things that Jesus went into about end times were problems and trying times in the earth. And I want you to notice what he said in verse uh, 3, Matthew 24, 3. As Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives, 
the disciples came to him privately and they said, tell us, when shall these things be? He's talking about the end of some things. And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? So really, they asked him about different things, not just one thing. And verse 4, Jesus answered and said to him, take heed that no man deceive you. Now that was his first reply to their questions about the future and about end times is watch out. Don't let anybody cause you to believe a lie. Keep going. For many will come in my name and say I am Christ and shall deceive many. There is only one Christ. There is only one Son of God. There is only one Messiah. Hallelujah. He's already come and gone to the cross and paid the price. And nobody else can do what he did or needs to do or add to what he did. He is coming again, but it's not to redeem us. He's already done that. He's coming to receive us. Verse 6, he said, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of of sorrows. That doesn't mean it's the end. That doesn't mean it's the end. Now, you know, you'll see in teaching on end times, oftentimes people get scared. You'll also see in teaching on the devil and demons, people get scared. And anytime you see that, you can understand the teaching was wrong. <laughs> Are you listening? If the result of teaching on end times is that people are fearful, it was wrong teaching. And it's interesting how that so many times, and it's just the enemy, he tries to blind you from the main things. People can read this entire chapter And they focus on the pestilence, the famine, the earthquake, and the wars, and rumors of wars, and the result is, ooh, ooh, ugh. And totally miss what he told us to do. He told them and us two big things to act on. Number one, he said, don't let anybody deceive you. So we need to be watch on the watch for things that are not true. And how are you going to combat things that are not true? Well, you've got to find out what is true. And keep yourself full of that and then compare everything you see and hear and come around to the truth. And anything that doesn't line up with that, you don't accept it. And then secondly, I want you to notice verse 6. Oh, this is so important. Verse 6, you'll hear of wars 
and rumors of wars. And then in verse 7, he said, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes. And when you see all this, be afraid. Be very afraid. You would think that's how it's written. The way so many people respond to it. Because they hear it and they see some evidence of it in things that are happening. And they go, ooh, oh, boy, we're, we're living in the end times. Well, actually, he said, when you see these things, the end is not yet. <laughs> but the thing that he said to us, instead of getting you know, fixated on the wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and pestilence and famine, we should fixate on what he told us to do in the midst of this. What did he tell us to do, child of God? What did he tell us? See, verse 6, see to it that you are not troubled. Now that's a strong word. If the head of the church, Jesus, was standing here right now where we could see him, We know he wouldn't tell us anything different. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we said, Lord, Lord, we're seeing pestilence and famine and earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars, what would he say? Come on, help us out. What would he say? He'd look at us. He'd say, don't let anybody trick you. And don't let yourself be troubled. (laughs) Is there power in his words? Is there life in his words? then what should we do? What should we do? Be troubled. Be upset. Oh God, we got to pray. Well, how about, oh God, I'm going to listen to what you said. I'm going to do what you said. Notice verse 6. Verse 6, if you hadn't done it already, you might want to underline these words. See that you be not troubled. See to it. Now come on. If the head of the church looks at you and says, calls your name, Bob, Susie, John, Keith, see to it that you're not troubled. See to it. We haven't taken this seriously enough. Go please to John 14th chapter. John chapter 14. How can you tell The people who are real believers. How can you tell? It's not so hard. No matter how bad things get, they're not upset. (laughs) They're not troubled. No matter how bad things may be, they're not scared. That's how you can tell a real believer. Somebody who's not just claiming believer as title but is actually acting like a believer, walking in faith. Why? Because their faith makes them free from the fear. Hallelujah. Their full persuasion of how much God loves them keeps them free from the vexation and the torment of the fear of dying from the war or the pestilence or the plague or the famine or the earthquake. Because somebody says, well, what, what, if, what, if, what if the earthquake happens and we die? What if we die? What if we die? Let me help you out. You're going to die. <laughs> Physically, I mean, if the Lord tells you it's coming just a tiny, tiny bit, 
Your body's going to die. It's not a matter of are you or if you are. You are. And yet, that's not what you should be concerned about. This life is a vapor. It is a vapor. Now you see it. Now you don't. What you should be concerned about is that long, long, long eternity. Eon after eon after eon that's going to happen after this. That's what we should be concerned about. And if you have received Jesus and what he has done for you, if you have confessed him as your Lord and been born again, you have, not going to get, you have eternal life. And if you have eternal life and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, there's a page and a line with your name right there, which means you will never see the lake of fire. The second death has no power over you. You will never throughout the endless ages be separated from God, who is light, who is life, who is love. So you don't have to fear. You don't have to be troubled. No matter what happens down here in these brief momentary times, you don't have to be troubled. And when it's real enough to you, you won't be troubled no matter what's going on around you. John 14 and uh, verse 1. We see what Jesus said concerning problems and even catastrophes in the earth. He said, don't let anybody trick you, deceive you. And he said, see to it that you're not troubled. Well, that's not the only time he said that. In John 14, 1, notice what he said here. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus is saying. Now, this is such a revelation. Most people don't believe that you can actually decide whether your heart is troubled or not. Most people, including church-going people, they believe it depends on what's going on around you. It depends on what's happening in your life or even in the world. That, you know, if things are bad enough, you're going to be upset. You're going to be troubled. You're going to be scared. And who can help it if things are bad enough? But apparently Jesus didn't believe that. Apparently he knows better. The understood subject here is you. You are not to let your heart be troubled. Say it out loud. Don't let your heart be troubled. Now apply it personally. Say, I must not let my heart be troubled. I must not allow it to be troubled. Well, we know it's possible because Jesus said it. We know the way you do it is by believing in God and believing in him. Skip on down towards the end of the chapter to the 27th verse. He ended up saying a very similar thing, John 14, 27. So this will be three times now, just in these couple of minutes where we've been talking about it, that we see Jesus has said this. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
not as the world gives, give I to you. You cannot find this in any religion. You cannot find this in any self-help, in any psychology. You cannot find this in anything, only in God, the peace that passes understanding. Why? Because it's based on the God of peace, who is the God of truth. When you know the truth, like we said, that you'll never die, the tension leaves. The peace comes in. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't let it be that way. Don't let it. Now, there's revelation that one of the first things we must do is not argue with the Lord. So many people would say, well, I, 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 I tried, but I, I can't help it. Lies. You believe in lies. And that's one of the first things he said, don't let anybody deceive you. That's a lie. You can control what you focus on. You can control what you choose to believe. You can control what you say. And because of that, you can choose whether your heart's troubled or not. If you're watching something and you're listening to something and it's upsetting you, what should you do? Quit watching that. <laughs> Quit listening to that. Well, it's upsetting me. It's troubling me. No, really it's not. You're letting it trouble you. You're letting it make you afraid. Because no matter what people might show you, say to you, try to do to you, they cannot put something inside you. No matter what comes against you, only you can let it inside you. If fear got in your heart, nobody put it in there. You let it in there, or I let it in there. If being troubled and upset and anxiety got in us, you can't even blame the devil. Oh, he brought it to you, but who let it in? Who let it in? Peace I leave with you. That's what we should let in, is the peace of God. If something is upsetting you that you're looking at, what should you do? Quit looking at it. Set your heart and mind on things above, not on things that are beneath. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Lord said in Isaiah, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm so upset. I'm so upset. And it's primarily your own fault because you keep looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, but it, it's real. I didn't say it wasn't real. Yeah, but it's, I didn't say it wasn't happening. But there's a greater truth. There's something greater to look at. Everything down here is momentary. There is a greater. There is the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who is your daddy. <laughs> there is eternal life and eternal future. What we choose to think on, meditate on, look at, 
listen to, talk about, is determining what we let in, whether it's fear or peace, whether it's anxiety and depression, or whether it's joy and light in life. And other people can try to encourage you to look at the right thing, but nobody but you controls what gets in you. Nobody can control your mind. Nobody can control your heart. Nobody's controlling your choice but you and me. Let's hear the words of the Lord again. If you hear of wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, plague, earthquakes, wars and rumors of wars. What did the head of the church say? What did he say to us? Come on, help me out. What did he say to us? Don't let anybody fool you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be a trouble. He said it in John 14, 1. John 14, 27. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Let's just say right now in response to his words, because they're just as true today as they were when they came out of his mouth then. Said out loud, Lord, I, I believe your words. I receive your words. I receive the peace you have given me and have given us. And I, I heed your command. I heed your words. And I refuse to fear. I will not let my heart be troubled. I will not let my heart be afraid. I do believe in you. I do trust in you. And you have made me free. Hallelujah. You have made me free. Praise God. Go, go to the book of Psalms and let's just remind ourselves for a few moments here. Psalm 27, let's remind ourselves how to deal with fear. Psalm 27, 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46, verse 1. I like this. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Come on, say that out loud. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. He said, therefore, will not we fear? We won't fear because God's my refuge and strength, my present help in time of trouble. Therefore, I won't be afraid, I won't fear, though the earth is removed, <laughs> though the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled and the mountains shake. Well, what's he saying? Man, if the mountains are sliding off into the ocean, I refuse to be afraid. That means it's possible. Why? Because you know the one who made the earth and even when the heavens and earth are removed, you know he's already got it set up to make new heavens and new earth wherein is no curse and just righteousness and your place with him is already secure. And like Romans 8 says, not height, not death, not principalities, not powers, not things present, things to come, nothing 
will ever be able to separate me from him and from his love. That means I have everlasting life. Nothing can separate me from him. Look in uh, Hebrews, the 13th chapter in closing, I think. Hebrews 13 and verse 5, and I want to read this in the Amplified. Most Christians, if they've been around any length of time, have heard this and are familiar with this. But oh, what what a great word it is. He said, let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Now the next part of this is one reason I wanted to read the Amplified, is he repeats, I will not, three times. This is borne out the best I understand, in the original Greek. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. He goes on to say verse 6, so we take comfort. We're not going to take anxious thought We're not going to let fear and troubling come into us, but we will take comfort. We will take courage from this and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? If God be for us, who can be against us? Back up to that previous verse, verse 5. You know, sometimes you'll hear people saying, I'm tired of being alone. If you're a Christian, you are not alone. You are never alone. Don't buy into the lie of I'm so lonely because I'm alone, I'm alone. No, I just feel like I'm alone. I got no help. Listen, he, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Listen to the word of God, child of God. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you, assuredly not. This is how we can not fear. This is how we can not be troubled. Why? Because, back to the 23rd Psalm, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. I won't fear any of it. Why? Because you are with me. You are with me. You told me you'd never leave me. You'd never forsake me. You'd never turn loose of me. You'd never let me down. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, your protection, your provision, your presence, they comfort me. Oh, somebody say, they comfort me. They comfort me. And when you choose, child of God, to look at him instead of the problems, 
When you choose, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, when you choose to look at him and be aware of his never departing presence, you can take courage, you can take peace, you can take strength, you can relax, you're no longer afraid to die, because in the truest sense, I will never die. And the tension and the dread and the panic and the being troubled and the being afraid and the anxiety and the worry and the depression finds no place in you because you won't let it in. Oh, it comes against you from the outside, but you've learned how not to let it in you. Inside you, the greater one dominates. Inside you, the peace of God and the joy of God and the grace of God and the strength of God makes you an overcomer, makes you more than a conqueror because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.